Welcome back to the Eat Scripture Podcast. This is Eric and Gina Robinson, and we are going through Ecclesiastes right now. This yes. is our third um, session. Yes. And I just have to say, this book is hard. It is hard. You can <laughs> definitely see why people have difficulty with some of the words and the way he talks mm-hmm. and whether or not he's actually coming across positive or negative what, yeah, is, what is he really trying to say yeah, it kind of goes but, round and round and so mm-hmm. if i mess up when i'm reading just excuse <laughs> me i just sometimes i'm not exactly sure what he's trying to say <laughs> mm-hmm. yep so. but i do think it is an overall positive message which is what we're trying to yeah i think uh, so too. put across too and uh and it is it's a good really good message for us and a really mm-hmm. valuable message for every time in history which is kind of nice because the because the whole book is written in a way that it can fit in any time right. in history. There's no real exactly. you know, marker for when it has to. And I think like we said, occurred. I mean, this is just, this is the question, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That we all big, come down to. Yep. Big question mankind and has. And so I'm kind of, I know there's some uh, controversy about whether it should even be in the canon. Right. Because but, it sounds yeah. difficult. Hard. But I'm glad it's included mm-hmm. because even though it is difficult and challenging, mm-hmm. um, I think it's okay to ask these questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, surely and it's got to be. Okay. We all think it. Yes. And so it's God is he's big enough to handle this. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, right. I, I definitely feel like that. I think we can go ahead and jump in today, too. I don't think we need to spend a whole lot of time on anything. Okay. So um, let's go ahead and do jump in. And as we are, you know, we've been through. Chapters one and two already. We've touched on the very beginning of three there. Mm-hmm. As we went through chapter two, we've watched him as he evaluated like just the what different things you can pass you can right. choose in life and whether or not they're gonna get you anywhere. Fair. And all he could come up with was all of this is so incomprehensible. This is vanity, this word enigma. Um, it's just mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure it out, and everything I every path I try to go down still leaves me with the same question: Has this been fruitful at all? Was this beneficial? Is there anything to get just... out of this? And and so I don't think what he's using he's not using the word vanity as if to say this was completely useless. He's mm-hmm. using the word vanity as if to say I don't know if that got anywhere. I still right. don't get it. I still don't understand. He's trying Did to find the meaning anywhere? Yes. in any of it. Where's the meaning? Is there any meaning yeah. in this? And so, you know, all this stuff that we're doing under the sun in this life, in this earthly life, which is what under the sun really is about, is it really getting us anywhere? Because all I'm getting is enigma, enigma, and enigma. And that's what he keeps saying. This led, this just keeps making me think it's an enigma. This also is an enigma. This also is an enigma, mm-hmm. just like you say in verse 21 uh, um, of chapter 2. And he says it again. You know, he says in verse just, 19. I mean, it's over he over says it in verse 22. He says it in verse 23. I mean, he just, or 21 and 23. He just keeps saying it and saying it. He says it again in verse, at the very end of um, chapter 2 in verse 26. So he just, this is his constant refrain. I don't get it. Is this getting us anywhere? But what he did say. At the end of chapter two, his first time to actually say this was, okay, so here's what I've got so far is there's nothing better for a person than that he should eat and drink and find enjoyment in his toil. This also I saw is from the hand of God. This is what God does give us. God does give us the opportunity to enjoy life in the day to day. 
the eating and the drinking, living in the present, the working today, the things I have to do, mm-hmm. that there needs to be an enjoyment found in that. That right. that's really God has given us that, and that's something that we can consider a good thing. This is a this is where we can what we can find in life to to make us feel like we're happy and like we're enjoying the things around us. Something valuable is really found in the day to day. This way we experience life with one another in the day to day. I think that's definitely what he's saying. And that was his first time to say that. And he's going to continue to say that several times as we go through this book. I think he's got a little uh, inclusio here. Yes. Kind of. Kind of. uh, As we go into chapter three and he Mm -hmm. has this poem that, you know, is the basis for the song that the birds sang. Yep. And then, uh, and then he says kind of that same thing again. Yes. Right. He's going to say the same thing. That's his second time Mm -hmm. to say it coming up right on the other side of this poem. And what you just said is funny because you said the song, the birds sang. And you meant the the birds, birds, the group. Yeah. I don't even Um, know what year that was. It was a long time ago. (laughs) (laughs) And so the birds, the group sang a song called turn, turn, turn that, these are the lyrics for right here. And so that song became very, very popular. It was a big hit for them um, back in the 60s. And so now we're reading over it in Ecclesiastes. Oh, this is where this has been around for a lot longer than the 60s. Um, these words have been around for a very long time. And we are, we are glad uh, that we can still hear them and, you know, can be appropriately used. But you know, are that you know, that's the question. Are we seeing them for what he's meaning mm-hmm. them to be seen as? And so, I think he puts this here. I mean, this is an important poem. It is an here, important poem. And it's yeah. in the middle of these two places where mm-hmm. he's actually saying, God so, has given us, given us this gift of mm-hmm. the day-to-day enjoyment. Right. And. Yes. And we, I think that's. We, we shouldn't be anxious and worried about mm-hmm. all the other stuff. Yes. That's right. I think it is an important poem and it's a positive, overall mm-hmm. positive meaning. And which is what he's going to emphasize when he gets down to verse 11. I think that's what, I mean, just a couple of four verses and he'll be referencing back to it. Everything in its time is fitting or beautiful. It has a mm-hmm. right fitting time, a right and fitting time. That's just the way he's made life to be. And, and we trust that. We know that that's what he has. So, now that we've read, last time we ended with that, with that talk about the way all of these times happen in life. Times that all the opposites kind of happen to you. Different mm-hmm. times, you know, you're going to go through all of these different things. And now he's going to talk about... Go ahead. Kind of go into how those can be seen. Um, you know, that they all have a fitting place. Mm-hmm. Life is just made up of stuff like this. Right. God has made it to be this way. Um Trying to get out of any of those isn't going to get us anywhere. This is just life. Yeah. Well, it does remind me, and I, I know we've gone way over on this little introduction no, part, but um, good. we're talking about this poem real mm-hmm. quick, finishing that up. But uh, it does remind me of the movie that you love, The Grand Canyon. Grand Canyon. Just Grand and, Canyon. And, um, yeah, sorry, I said the. The. Sorry. The, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> but just that whole. There's a part in there where she says something about the good and the bad being so close together. Yes. And the whole point of that movie is really the point of Ecclesiastes. It is the point of Ecclesiastes, uh, yes. That there are you going to look are, through what you're experiencing in life? Yes. 
So there's good things and bad things happening to us so close together. Yes. I know you guys have felt this. Yeah. There's so much joy and celebration about one thing. At the same time, there's so much sadness and mourning and maybe fears and all mm -hmm. kinds of things going on at the same time. And we have to juggle all those feelings. Right. But the point of life here is really depending on him and not having all those anxieties mm -hmm. and to enjoy the day as it is. Yes, um, I agree. I think that's his big, big point. Yes. And he's going to hammer it in various ways as we go through. We're going to have to interpret some of his words. We go to get that, but yeah. that's what we're going to do. Um, so let's uh, start by reading verses nine through 15. Okay. And then we'll dig in a little bit. Okay. Ecclesiastes three, nine through 15. What gain has the worker from his toil? I have seen the business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. I perceive that there is nothing better for them than to be joyful and to do good as long as they live. Also, that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all his toil. This is God's gift to man. I perceived that whatever God does endures forever. Nothing can be added to it, nor anything taken from it. God has done it so that people fear before him. That which is already has been, that which is, is, uh, that which is to be already has been, and God seeks what has been driven away. Hmm. Not particularly happy with the way ESV did that I thought you were last say with verse, how I but, it. but no, <laughs> you did great. But I'm really, we'll talk about it as we walk through here. What's going? And these are hard. You know, I shouldn't say that I'm not happy necessarily with what the ESV has done because it's actually very true to the Hebrew. Um, and this is why we have to walk through here slowly and go, okay, are there other ways of saying this? Yes, these are the words in right. a good translation that are strictly connected to the Hebrew, but what is he trying to say? What, what could we say colloquially that would be better? So I definitely see the reason why we need to search some other, look, probably look at some other translations and get some help from them when we're reading stuff like this. Um, let's go back to the top there though, verse nine. So what gain has the worker for his toil? I have seen the business of God that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. He has made everything fitting, I think might be a better way to say this in our ESV. It actually uses the word beautiful. I think maybe fitting is better. I, he has made everything fitting in its time. He's made everything appropriate for its time, which is what the, what we've just been through three, two through eight. He's shown how everything has a time. Right. And so, so then he, you know, immediately follows that poem with, so what gain has the worker from his toil? I've seen the business God he's given to the children of man to be busy with. Oh, and everything that we have to do here. Right. There's which is all of for, these many things. There's a time for all these things. Yeah. Um, that everything has a place and everything has a time. And it can all be appropriate, fitting. Mm -hmm. It's all fitting at its proper moment. Everything mm -hmm. matters. Uh, also, then it says in verse 11, also he has put eternity into man's heart. I actually love this verse. Yet, so that he cannot find out what God has done from beginning to end. So in our hearts, we have a sense of an eternal existence. Like a longing for it. 
yes, there's something about going on forever that is deep within me that I expect there must be more than just this existence. And I think it always has been. That's why it's so confusing because the people that we read about in the Old Testament really didn't have a theology about the afterlife that came from where we can see it anyway. So much of it is hidden mysteriously. I mean, there's Mm -hmm. few remarks that are seem to indicate maybe they're thinking Mm -hmm. maybe there's more, but nothing definite. I feel like it was in them. Yeah. Like God put it in them. Like they thought there must be more. Right. But they didn't, couldn't really get a grasp. That's really what I was saying. Not that we don't have some interesting allusions to that. It just is, where is it coming from exactly? Right. Yes. This, where is it coming from? Because they didn't really have anything. That's the point. They didn't know, like you're saying, they didn't have anything definite they could hang their hat on. They just had this thing inside them that was reaching out for more kind of thinking maybe there's more yeah i think you're right that is what we're hearing in several places in the old testament okay so so that's the thing that's in man's heart the eternity is set there yet so that verse 11 yet so that he cannot find out what god has done from beginning to end so we can't verify anything we don't know anything for sure there's nothing i can give to prove that there is an eternity right i don't have any there's nothing that would Mm -hmm. indicate to me that uh, or, no or that would force proof. me to prove, yeah, force me to accept or prove to somebody that right. there is that eternity, and that's the crazy thing. So God's put it deep within us, yet not given us the ability to mm-hmm. prove it in a test tube. Yep, mm-hmm. sure enough, there is an eternity. And we have really headed. very little information about what it's going to be like. Yeah, and so, but it's so in us that I think we've con- we've all constructed something in our heads. Yeah. Yeah. Even though it's not really here. Even if it's not really. <laughs> right. yeah. Where are we getting this? But, yeah. You know, any little thing will make into a whole big um, construction. Or Doctrine. Because yeah. we have a place in us that longs for that. Yeah. Right. We do. And that's what people prove all the time. Yeah. Even in the idea of legacy for an atheist, let's say, you still want to have done something right. lasting. Why do you even care? Yeah. You know, why would you even care? Name to go on. Yeah. yeah. Or, or something that you did to continue to be mm-hmm. seen and valuable. But because there's something in us. So verse 12, though, then he follows that. Okay, so we can't know, though, mm-hmm. can't prove it. So verse 12, I perceive that there's nothing better for them than to be joyful and to do uh, and to do good as long as they live. Also, that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all his toil. This is God's gift to man. So this is his gift to us, though, so that we get to enjoy life today. We do good things. We do good for one another. We enjoy the eating and the drinking and the toil that we have to do today. We find the joy and the happiness in it. This is a gift from God, and we should receive it as such. Um, So so again, live in the moment. You know, Mm -hmm. enjoy this life that I'm having right now. Don't make it all about, if you make it, if you wind up making it all about some Something that some major thing that you can do to impact the world forever that's going to take your whole lifetime, you'll miss the significance of the enjoyment that God has given you today. And don't we see that played out because there's a big push to be famous. Everybody Mm -hmm. wants to be famous. Mm Mm-hmm. But really, when you see famous people, they're pretty miserable. Yeah. uh, yeah. They're not living better lives than those who aren't famous. So. That's right. But we don't always see that. Mm-hmm. So yep. That's really, it's interesting that it's right here. Yeah. Yeah, it <laughs> He's is. He's telling us. 
So interesting. And so here it is. Now he said that that was his second time to kind of reiterate that this is what life you need to focus on this kind of thing to have a pleasurable and enjoyable life. Mm -hmm. Just the simplicity. Verse 14, I perceived that whatever God does endures forever. Whatever God does endures forever. Nothing can be added to it, nor anything taken from it. God has done it so that people fear before him. That's why God has done the forever. Right. God's the and only, only one he who can do it. Yes. We can't do anything that's going to endure forever. That's right. Nothing. Nothing. And so we have to look to him. When, when this guy looks around the world, he goes, oh, look, man hasn't really changed anything. Everything continues to go on just as God made it and intended it to go on. So he's the only one who can do anything that's everlasting. The rest of us are just down here playing by his rules. Right. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And for us to think that we could somehow throw something in there that's going to change things forever and make things different forever. No, we can't. He's the only one with the ability and he's done it this way so that we'll look to him because mm -hmm. he wants us to look to him. Yes. goes not to think that we have the ability to make everything different and better and wonderful. And now, you know, now we're, you know, we're in charge of things and we can do it ourselves. No, the point is that you can't only God makes things that last forever. And you need to acknowledge that. Oh yeah. You're the one in charge. I mean, That's it goes back point. to the tower of Babel mm -hmm. and then all the way forward to Jesus saying in Matthew six, mm -hmm. don't be anxious yes. about your life. Yes. Uh, don't be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. <laughs> Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Today's the day. Today's can, the day to enjoy. You can think about. Yeah. I take care of the birds and the flowers, and they don't worry. So neither mm -hmm. should you. And this seems to be that same. It's very similar message. Very so ties in right with that what Jesus is saying. So when I get to three fifteen, what you finished reading a while ago, that which is already has been and that which is to be already has been <laughs> and God seeks what has been driven away is how the mm. ESV puts it. I'm not particularly, I think we can do a little better say, than I'm that. I'm a little confused by the last part. The yeah. first part I get, he's the Alpha and the Omega. He's, he's done it all. Yes. And so what is going to be already has been, what will be actually already has been, been too. Yeah. You know, the, nothing new. That's what we've already seen. Nothing new right. under the sun. That's his point again. And what God seeks has been driven away might be better translated. I'll give you a few translations here. The NIV says God will call the past to account. I don't really like that. I don't really think that's where we're headed here. But NLT, on the other hand, the New Living Translation says God makes the same things happen over and over again. I think that's it. Mm. That's what he just, he's just repeating what he just said at the beginning of oh, verse 15. Okay. That which is already has been, and that which is to be already has been. God seeks what has been driven away. In other words, the same things that have gone before, God seeks them again. God causes them to be, it happens, things just happen in cycle okay. over and over again. So God, I, th I think the colloquial way of saying it, might, the NLT might have caught it. God makes the same thing happen over and over again. That's what he does, because that's what he set it up for. That's the, what we're, we're doing this because this is what we learn from. God keeps making it happen again and again, because everybody has to experience okay. this to get his point. Okay, so I have to stop here because we have, uh, because our big 
thrust in our ministry really mm -hmm. is a lot of times we talk about typology. typology. And that is the same thing because when we're yes. reading the Bible, we're seeing the same patterns and things happening over and over, yes. pointing to Because they Jesus. point to Jesus. That's right. Exactly. And so that really makes me think oh, about yeah. how that fits in here. I've been thinking I, the same thing. But that really helped me yeah. for you to read that different translation because yes. I didn't know what that, I could not figure that one out. Yes. God seeks what has been driven away. That's a very a very um, appropriate translation for the Hebrew words themselves for the, you know, literal translation of words. And, but what is he saying there? Right. Well, he's saying what he just said at the beginning of verse 15, what's already been is going to be again, God seeks what's been driven away. Right. In other words, God's which is what he's been talking about this again. whole time. Is this, yeah. It is feels this like we're just going experience. in circles. That's right. right. But like you just said, typology, oh, all of a sudden it works that. perfectly. Yes, because he wants to tell the same story again and again and again and again. Right. It's no, and everybody has to be impacted by that same story right. to get it. Right. He's so, got one great story to tell. Yes. Yes. So it's no wonder we keep seeming like we're mm -hmm. repeat. Are we just repeating history? Yes, we are. History repeats itself. Turns out that's true mm -hmm. because... God wants it that way so that right. we'll keep experiencing the Christ story over and over and over again. And maybe and someday we'll get it. And get have, it. Yeah. Yes, exactly. That's okay. the point. That really Beautiful. Okay. Love it. Okay. So we're to that point. Now we'll try, let's see if we can't um, say a little something about verse 16 through verse 22 after you read that. Okay. Ecclesiastes 3. 15 through, oh no, this is 16. I can't read those little numbers through 22. <laughs> Moreover, I saw under the sun that in the place of justice, even there was wickedness. And in the place of righteousness, even there was wickedness. I said in my heart, God will judge the righteous and the wicked. For there is a time for every matter and for every work. I said in my heart with regard to the children of man that God is testing them, that they may see that they themselves are but beasts. For what happens to the children of man and what happens to the beasts is the same. As one dies, so dies the other. They have, they all have the same breath, and man has no advantage over the beast, for all is vanity. All go to one place, all are from the dust, and to dust all return. Who knows whether the spirit of man goes upward and the spirit of the beast goes down into the earth. So I saw that there is nothing better than that a man should rejoice in his work, for that is his lot. Who can bring him to see what will be after him? Man, this is so good. I just love this piece, but it needs to be, it needs to have some attention given to it because you'll wind up feeling like, what in the yeah. world did he just say? Did he just say there's nothing? They weren't just he like kinda, animals. Yeah, he just well, said well, we're I like mean, animals and there's nothing point? we can get from it. I mean, that's what you're going to walk away with. Only your problem will be verse 16 and 17. That will continue to be your problem because he sounds so positive in 16 and 17. I mean, in 16, it doesn't sound positive, but his, but his outcome in 17 is positive. Because in 16, he sounds like, he says, Moreover, I saw under the sun that in the place of justice, even there was wickedness. In the place of righteousness, even there was wickedness. So it's, right. so first of all, he's seeing, he's looking around the world. He's going, oh, look, even in the most righteous places that we can do as human beings, there's still unrighteousness there. Right. There's still people who don't do right there. 
and there's still bad things that happen the holy in the places, best places, yeah. in the best among the best of people. There's this ugliness there and this unrighteousness and this wickedness. And so he's, he's first of all, that's his evaluation. But then in 17, he says, I said in my heart, God will judge the righteous and the wicked, for there is a time and a matter for every work. Oh, he's referencing back to chapter 3, verse 2 through 8 mm -hmm. there. There mm -hmm. is a time for everything. There's a time for everything. All of these things are mixed together. It's what you said a while ago. Everything right. seems so, so close, close together. That's right. The good mm -hmm. and the bad. Or so that's what he's saying right here. Right. Good and bad. They sit together. And our best good still has bad mixed in. Mm -hmm. So weird. I mean, and, and so he's saying, and sure enough, but he knows. He knows. He trusts. God's going to bring everything into judgment, mm -hmm. though, both the good and the bad. Every good, there's a time for every matter under heaven. Everything yeah. is mixed together, and it's okay because God so knows what he's doing. He's going to judge But what we can't do, I don't think, we don't get to turn him into schizophrenic here. Right. He's truly believing that God has set it up so that he's going to, at a time, at the right time, he'll bring everything into judgment. Mm -hmm. And so he knows what he's doing. He knows why he set everything together so closely. Right. And so I don't get to go to verse 18. And now act like he's flipping, right. immediately flipping on that and saying, oh, but we can't know anything anyway. Who knows? It's all just a big crapshoot. Best thing we got is to think maybe, who knows, maybe there'll be some good, but maybe there's, you know, very well might not be because we got nothing to go with, except it looks like man just has the same thing happen to him that the animals happen to have. So probably nothing, right. probably nothing going to, he doesn't turn pessimist on us here. That's okay. not what he's doing. So explain to us what he is doing. So verse 18 <laughs> that reads, I said in my heart with regard to the children of man that God is testing them that they may see that they themselves are but beasts. In the good news translation, which I like of this, it says, and, I, and I've still got to tweak it a little bit, but the good news translation says, I decided that God is testing us to show us that we are no better than animals. I just want to tweak that a little bit and say he it, it could go like this. I decided that God is testing us in showing us that we that we are no better than animals. Just in showing us that. What if that's his test? This is his point. This is the writer's point. This is a test from God. This is his point. And the test is that he's showing us that we're no better than now. That's the show we have. The thing that our eyes can see makes uh, us yeah, question we, if we're really no better than animals at all. we start thinking about it, right. But that's the test. That's the test right because there. even this if is that is point. the truth. Because what if that were true? Then we still... Would you be righteous right. or wicked? Which one right. would you choose? Would you believe that God's in charge? Would you be righteous or wicked? So it's a test of our hearts to see to show us, to see with our eyes that we might be no better than beasts or to have no more existence than beasts. If that was it, that's the test. Verse 19, For he, now he's going to go on with this whole, for the rest of this chapter, these last few verses, he's just building on that thought. For what happens to the children of man and what happens to the beast is the same. As one dies, so dies the other. They all have the same breath. Man has no advantage over the beasts. All is an enigma. That's what he says at the end of verse 19. For So all is confusing. It's all confounding. All go to one place. All are from the dust. And to dust they return. Who knows whether the spirit of man, 
goes upward and the spirit of beast goes down to the earth. You know, I don't know. Uh, nobody can nobody can prove it to you. Mm -hmm. Does your well, you tell me your spirit goes up and the beasts go down or whatever. Good people go up, bad people go down. You say this, but there's no that. way to prove you right. can't prove that. Right. There's no proof of that. And so, so this, this becomes our evaluation of life. So he ends his chapter with, so I saw there is nothing better that man should than that man should rejoice in his work for that is his life. This is his third statement about where mm -hmm. he's got, ah, this is our third statement about how to live life. Okay. So right. enjoy the day that you do have. Right. And then he, but then he ends with that question again, who can bring him to see what will be after him? Answer, nobody. Nobody can. Nobody has a test tube that they can prove to you that there's anything after this. Mm -hmm. And that's why this is God's test. This is, so he says, I believe, what he says at the beginning there is, I believe that God has set it up to, to judge righteousness and wickedness. Everything he will bring into judgment. Right. That's what he's saying in verse 17. And then in verse 18 and following, he says, but here's the, so here's what God has given us to see with our eyes shown us as if we're no better than beasts. So we now, when we look out with our eyes and we see, oh, life just looks like the same as us for the animals. Do I believe more? Am I willing to believe more? Am I going to believe more and live my life as if it's more? That's the test we're in. And so he, and he's saying, definitely we want to, we want to say, yes, I'm going to live like more mm -hmm. because God, God, this is just what God is doing to prove to me and to, you know, prove to me like that my to heart is more on him. Take just a second to put that in different, a little bit different words. Because mm -hmm. I think this is the same thing that he's really, the point he's saying here is what if I'm wrong about all of that? I mean, what if I'm wrong about eternity, hmm. about there being some, you know, mansion for me in heaven? Hmm. Would I still be faithful? Hmm. Okay. And that's, that's my test. Mm -hmm. it, it, does that? Well, I don't, the only reason I don't, the only reason I don't want to go there is because I don't think he would go there. I don't think the author would go there. I think the author is trying to say, I like, I like in the sense, I like what you're saying is that sense that if there was no eternity, would I still, would my heart still be toward God? Right. And that's a, yeah, that should come out as yes. Okay. And that is what he's that's, saying. That's really what I've always said to you. That yes. There that's what you've always said. If there wasn't an eternity, would I still be faithful to him? Because, because he deserves it. Right. Because he's that good. Because he's God. Yeah. And the answer should be yes. Should be yes. And you have, I mean, we have to challenge ourselves mm -hmm. with that. Yes. But I don't think what he would say is, so if there's no eternity, that's, I'll still do it. Because that's not really, I think that's going a little negative with his slant. He's wanting to say there is an eternity, but if there weren't, I'd still it, it would still, we, our hearts, if, if I thought there I wasn't, my heart should still different. be his. Maybe we're, we're really not. I just, maybe I just heard a negative slant that's not really there from your, maybe. from the way you said it first. Maybe I, uh, I, I, that first example wasn't very good. But the point of all this is, I think, what it comes down to is, you know, his ways are above our, they're yeah. above our ways. Yeah. His thoughts are above our thoughts. We can't know. 
he only he can know. And we can't prove some of these things that we believe. Yeah. I gotcha. And that's exactly where I think he's mm -hmm. going. That's exactly so where I think he's going. So we still have to So ultimately, there's on. just a holding on and an acceptance that, you know what? He's good to me today. Mm -hmm. He's sure good to me today. And he's worth he's worth following because yes. he's constantly with, constantly making my life better. Yes. And he'd be worth following just for today if that's all there was. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. But the guy, but of course, ultimately, he's already accepted that God's much bigger than that and knows more than that and is doing more than that. Mm -hmm. And so, absolutely. Our test is that we can't prove it. You can't, right. nobody can, nobody can prove it while we're here. Nobody so can put it faith. in a test too. Yeah, faith. so faith. It all, it's going to come back down to faith. So that he set up the world so that we can't prove him or prove what he's doing. Right. And, and so he's testing our hearts that way. We have to, it has yeah. to be faith. Beautiful. So I love what he's saying. I think yeah. it's a very positive statement about the way God has set it up for us. I'm sorry. Live. I kind of made us go over because I asked. A oh, no, no, question. no. That was, no, <laughs> I know, a short diversion, but really, it's fine. Yeah, a little over this time. No big deal. A couple minutes. We are really glad that you're joining us, though. I hope you're getting something out of it. These are the kind of <laughs> wrestling, are you, wrestling little times you'll have if you get together and try and study Ecclesiastes yeah. because it's thick. I wish I were all here with Sticking us. And yeah, we could really yeah, wrestle with it together. Yeah, yeah, dig this out together. But um, obviously you're welcome to, you know, make a comment, whatever you like. Um, we'd love to see anything you want to give. Otherwise, we will look forward to talking to you next time. Coming up soon, starting just a few days. Four. Yes, starting with chapter four, he's going to keep digging in here. And, um, and we're headed toward the middle of this book where he's going to give us a big, big moment, big point. So let's... Awesome. Um, get there in chapter five, but we'll see. Uh, so talk to you soon. God bless you all. Hope you have a great few days and we will look forward to talking to you again. Thanks.